Hello and buenos noches for a change. Welcome to the 18th episode of my podcast from Mexico, My Mexican Mistakes. And as some of you listeners might remember, I call it My Mexican Mistakes because on June 1st, I moved from Chicago to Mexico, having never been in Mexico before, speaking only Spanish that I learned from telenovelas and with no understanding of the metric system. And therefore, as you can imagine, I make an awful lot of mistakes. And this episode is no exception. Um, For starters, I'm doing the episode at night, which is a lot later in the day than I normally do it. But the reason I'm doing it at night is because I wanted to try what I consider a science experiment, which was making hard-boiled eggs for egg salad. Now, the reason I consider this part of my Mexican mistakes is because I had to hard-boil eggs a couple of times before um, with my craving for egg salad, and I never could get the hard-boiled eggs to come out right. They always came out weird. I tried twice before, and they always came out completely unacceptable as anything fit for human consumption. And I call it a science experiment because, for me, cooking is kind of always like a science experiment. I have an idea, um, and then I want to see if I can prove it, and I either prove it by making something edible or I don't prove it, and the whole thing goes in the garbage. And... I have, like I said, I have tried twice to hard-boiled eggs. They were a disaster both times. And so I wanted to give it one more try before I did this podcast to see if my inability to make hard-boiled eggs in Mexico City was going to be a permanent uh, fixture in my Mexican mistakes or was it going to be something where I made mistakes, I learned from them, I corrected them, and now I can make hard-boiled eggs here. I'd like to add, I know hard-boiled eggs are pretty simple to make, but I have to confess that in Chicago, I was super lazy about them, and I always bought those hard-boiled eggs that were already boiled and peeled and were in a pouch in the dairy section, Um, which uh, my mother thought was like the ultimate mark of laziness, because it probably was. But it wasn't so much the boiling as it was the peeling. Peeling hard-boiled eggs, super annoying. Anyway, after two failed attempts at making hard-boiled eggs here, I realized, wait a minute, hold on, stop the presses. The altitude in Mexico City is 7,000 feet. I'm no scientist, but I'll bet that has something to do with my inability to make hard-boiled eggs because I seem to remember on the back of the Toll House chocolate chips where the recipe for the original Toll House chocolate chip cookies is, there was something about if you're at a high altitude. So if you're going to bake, for example, something I will never do here, um, which I barely did in Chicago, but I will never do here, if for no other reason than I don't have an oven, um, I've got like burners. I've got burners. I've got a microwave. I've got a toaster. So I'm good. But I'm never going to be baking. 
Um, but that high altitude stuck in my head. And then I looked it up, that when you hard boil eggs at a high altitude, you have to account for that in the hard boiled egg procedure. Once I discovered that, I hard boiled the eggs today uh, consistently with the slightly modified version um, that a higher altitude calls for. And voila, they came out perfect. And so that's why I'm coming to you a little bit late because I had to make them. And then, you know, you have to let them cool. I did have kind of a mini disaster during the cooling phase, um, but it all worked out okay in the end. Here was what the disaster was. If you've ever made hard-boiled eggs, you know that once they come to the boil and you're done boiling them and blah, 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 and then you want to start the cold water process, you begin putting ice-cold water uh, over the eggs as they go from hot to cold. I guess that's what makes them hard-boiled. I don't know. Anyway, I forgot that uh, where I live, which is this beautiful uh, setting, I mean, my studio is, is great, I love it, but it's small. There's nothing special about the studio, but it sits in like in this these beautiful grounds like it was all once one gigantic estate and there's so much gardening that has to be done and there's times during the day that the water pressure is super low and you can't get it hot and you can't get it cold and it's not a big deal because it's like you know kind of a random time of the afternoon um you know so you know that but I forgot and so when I went to you know, somehow do the magic that happens when you bring the eggs from hot from hot to cold. The water pressure was really low, and it wasn't hot, and it wasn't cold. So I had some water in the fridge, and I used that, and then I got it as cold as I could for as long as I could, and then I just threw it all in the refrigerator and hoped it would all work out, and it did. And that's why this podcast is so late. So, I guess that that is probably uh, my big mistake um, that I learned from, which is when you're at a high altitude, like Mexico City, and you're going to attempt anything other than calling Uber Eats, um, take your altitude into account. Okay, now, I had another interesting adventure this week um, because I was in Miami last week, which I will tell you about, and uh, I had dropped my phone, and I tried to get it fixed in Miami, but all they could really do was put a new cover on. The phone still wasn't working right, and so I thought I would go to the Apple store when I got back to Mexico City because I had heard there was one. There's not only one, there's two. And they're both, of course, in these beautiful malls. One is uh, in a mall called Antara in the Polanco District, and one is in another part of town uh, in San Geronimo. And it's like this, another beautiful mall. It's like there must be a lot of people living in Mexico City that must shop every day like, oh, I need Christian Dior today. Oh, I need Hermes today. Oh, I need uh, Calvin Klein today. Oh, I need, I mean, there's more designer stores in these malls here this isn't the first world. This is like, I'm super bad at math. So 
I know people would traditionally look at Mexico, the United States, you know, as the first world. This is like the world above the first world because I don't know what that world would be called, but it's the world where people must shop at designer stores constantly. The super expensive designer stores that I don't know anyone who shops at, but everybody in Mexico City is shopping at these stores because there's not just one mall here that has every single designer you've ever seen. There's, I don't know, 15 super high-end, super luxurious, incredibly expensive designer stores. Like you can never be in Mexico City, you'll never be more than five feet away from a bakery and you will also never be more than five feet away from like Christian Dior and Tom Ford. Um, And yet somehow, It does not seem possible that in a world where you are never more than five feet away from a bakery, you will also never be more than five feet away from Tom Ford. And that's obviously because if you're spending more time in the bakery than at Tom Ford, you're not wearing the Tom Ford clothes. But here, they manage to do both. And it's it's like another planet. So I don't know what's higher than one. I mean, I... I know when you're talking about world, second world is not as good as the first world, third world, you know, also needs a lot of help. So what would be the world that would be better than the first world? Whatever that world is, I'm calling it Mexico City. Um, So I went to the mall that is in Santa Fe, um, uh, near something called San Geronimo, but the suburb is called Santa Fe. And I could have gone to the one in Polanco, the entire mall, because that's a little bit closer, I think, to where I live. But I really have no idea how to figure anything out around here, what's closer, what's further. I'm lucky I've gotten this far. Um, And so I thought, well, I've been to Polanco, and I love it, but I've never been to Santa Fe, so I'll go take a look at what's happening there. Here's what's happening in Santa Fe. So Santa Fe is way further south of where I live, but it's probably still Mexico City, because I don't care how many miles you drive while you're in Mexico City, you'll never be out of Mexico City. So even though it's like 50 miles away, it's probably still Mexico City, which is why it's the biggest city in the world. Santa Fe, I'm going to guess, at one time, there was like just a lot of mountains and houses there, and probably not a lot else. What else do you need? A lot of mountains, a lot of houses. And then somebody got the bright idea to start putting office towers there. So all these offices, like headquarters of offices, went in there. Then all these hotels went in there. Then I guess all these shopping malls went in there. Then came the condos. Then came the Starbucks. It's like, it's not really, it doesn't look like a real town. It just looks like, like, hundreds and hundreds of high-rises springing up from the mountains. Um, And so if you're coming to Mexico City on business and your company has a headquarters, their headquarters are in Santa Fe, then you'll stay in Santa Fe because there's like every great hotel is in Santa Fe. And then the malls are in Santa Fe. And the mall where the Apple store was in is like five malls in one. Like, if you go in one entrance, it's where all the high-end stores and restaurants are. Um, But 
if you walk like across the gigantic hallway of the mall and you get into a different elevator, somehow you will find yourself on a floor where kind of the mid-level stores are, like Target and Sears, not Target. It's, it's, it's the bane of my existence that there's no Target here, but like Sears, um, which is kind of like Target, um, and Chili's restaurants and, um, you know, like more fast food restaurants. Um, so you can be in that you can be on that side of the mall if you take that elevator and go to those stores. Then if you just walk a few feet, there's a gigantic movie theater still in that same mall. But if you go out the other side of that movie theater, you're in another huge, huge department store called Liverpool, which I think is bigger than the city of Liverpool in England. Um, I don't know why it's called Liverpool. So far, I have seen no evidence of any connection to England or the Beatles, but it's called Liverpool. It's huge. It's great. It has everything you could want. But so does Sears. So does Sanborn's. So does every department store in this city. You want something, it's going to be there. Okay, then beyond the Liverpool is like a whole other shopping mall. And they're all connected but they're all different, and it just depends on what elevator you take, I guess. Um, and it's almost like, you know, an episode of The Twilight Zone or something, um, because you could think you're going to Chili's and then know you're going to some ultra-expensive French restaurant just because you chose the wrong elevator. Um, so it's, it, it's, it, it's the only thing I don't like about that mall is that it's really hard... To, get, to figure out which entrance to tell the Uber driver to pick you up at um, because it's all kind of new. It's not all quite mapped out yet, so it can get kind of confusing. But the whole city, the whole city of Santa Fe is like just a city, just boom, arising out of the mountains. It has everything that you could want, but then there's nothing around it for miles. Maybe it's kind of like Phoenix. Phoenix, Arizona reminds me a little of that. It just pops up, but then there's nothing around it for miles. Well, I can't be certain about that part because I never left Phoenix when I was in Phoenix. But it seemed to me, no, I think it's more like Las Vegas. That's a better analogy. You know how like you're flying to Las Vegas and it's mountains, desert, mountains, desert, and then boom, there's like the Eiffel Tower and a roller coaster and all these things just that are completely fake, but just popping up out of the desert. That's kind of how Santa Fe is, except it's not fake. It's not fake glamour. It's not fake luxury. It's all a thousand percent real glamour and real luxury, but it just pops up out of nowhere. Um, so I went to the Apple store there to get my phone fixed. Bottom line is they couldn't fix it, but that's not why I'm talking about it on this podcast. I'm talking about it because... For a person whose Spanish is remarkably bad, the last thing I should be doing is broadcasting loudly in Spanish. Um, but what happened was I'm at the Apple store and, uh, you know, I check in for my appointment. And, it, you know, when you're in an Apple store, it's like being in McDonald's. Like you could be anywhere in the world, but you know you're in an Apple store. They all look the same. So like Holiday Inn. Um, they all look the same no matter where they are. 
So the Apple store looked exactly the way it would look back in Chicago. Um, the people who worked there looked exactly the way the people would look in Chicago. And the customers, everybody looked the same. It's like if you took the Chicago Apple and just poof, plopped it down in uh, Santa Fe. And I was asked to wait a few minutes, and I was directed to this sort of... I, I, I'm Pit is probably the wrong word because it wasn't a pit, but it was like a conversation pit. It was like a circle of very comfortable, gigantic ottomans. Um, and the people who were waiting for their appointments were waiting there. And then the pit was sort of surrounded on all sides by the work tables where the people who are working, you know, with a customer work. The people sitting in the pit are waiting. Or the people sitting in the pit are there for a class. And the two groups mingle, customers waiting and people taking the class. On this particular day, on this particular time, I was the only customer waiting in the pit. And I was sort of surrounded by Apple customers who were there to take the class. I didn't realize that was what was happening. And then a woman stepped up with like one of those microphones on her head. Like, you know, whenever Apple announces anything like that, Steve Jobs, he'd always like walk back and forth across the stage with a microphone glued to his head or coming out of his ear. Well, this woman walks up. There wasn't a stage, but it was like a platform. And she's got this thing in her ear that's like a microphone. So she's speaking loudly and her face comes up on the screen behind her. And... I can tell she's, you know, con congratulating people on signing up or thanking them for coming to the class and that they're going to love the class and it's going to be super and they're going to all be better photographers uh, by the end of the class. And just like any class, she wanted to go around the room and ask the new students what were their names and what what did they hope to learn or something along those lines. I have no idea because a panic set in my head that sounded like a high wire tension um, electrocution was going on inside my head as she directed her first question towards me and my panicky face showed up on the screen. And she was like, welcome, uh, what's your name? And I think the question was, and what are you here for? And I, I have seen panic on camera. I have never seen it on myself so much as it was that moment when my gigantic head showed up and I was looking around for someone to help me and someone to tell this woman, hey, she's waiting for an appointment because all, my, all of my Spanish went out of my head in that moment. And I think if I hadn't been panicked and the focus of it felt like the entire mall's attention, but it really wasn't. It was like the five other people there for the class and maybe other people in the store who were bored and not looking at their phone. Um, she asked me what was my name, what was I there for. I squeaked my name out and then I said in English, I have an appointment. And then I said in Spanish, I'm sorry, my Spanish is really bad. But, and then I went back to English, I have an appointment. Even though I have an appointment is a super simple sentence. I was just too panicky. 
Um, but I, I say, when I'm in Mexico City, I say so often, I'm sorry, my Spanish is really bad, that that's almost like automatic writing at this point. So I didn't have to think to get that sentence out. But then I totally forgot how to say I have an appointment, which is like tengo un appointamento or something close, appuntamento. Um, anyway, I, you know, mercifully, the camera came off me and she said to me, we're still, though, somehow I am on a loudspeaker now. Like the whole place is wired for sound because it's Apple. She said, well, you can still take the class if you like while you're waiting. And I was like, no, thank you. It was like I had no air. I was like, no, thank you. No, gracias. Muy amable. Gracias. Um, I did not want to appear rude. I did not want to appear to be the ugly American. I was my usual extremely apologetic self for not speaking Spanish and also um, just looking for some mercy and some direction. Mercifully, at that point, a salesman came and took me away. And I was so happy. I would have gladly bought a new iPhone from him for rescuing me from being the center of attention at the Apple store in Santa Fe. So that happened. Um, I had a great experience at the Apple store. The guy was nice, helpful. I'm still going to have to have it fixed when I get back to Chicago. Um, but he did uh, go through things with me. And, uh, anyway, very helpful, very nice. And I got out of there. Okay, so my trip to Miami. I'm just going to tell you about that briefly. And really, uh, of course, as always, I had a great time. Um, I go there every year for the Miami Book Fair. Um, and that is, even though I don't have a book at the book fair, I have this idea that if I keep going to the book fair and I donate enough money to the book fair to get the badge that says writer, um, like if you're a real writer, you don't have to buy the badge because um, you get a badge that says author. But if you donate uh, to the book fair um, for a small amount, you get to wear a badge that says writer and go to the lounge with the better bathrooms. So that's, you know, always my goal to go to the place with the better bathrooms. I'm like George Costanza um, in that way from Seinfeld, where he was, I think, either researching or was going to write a book on because he knew where all the great bathrooms were in Manhattan. Um, that's kind of like my goal in Mexico City so or Miami. So I, you know, buy the membership so that I can wear the badge that says writer and get the good snacks in the good bathroom. And I have a great time in Miami every year. But this year, I did not have quite as good of a time in Miami, and I'm going to tell you why. Up until I moved to Mexico City, Miami was my favorite Latin American country. Until I moved to Mexico City. Everybody in Mexico City is so much nicer that... I really found myself missing Mexico City and the genuine hospitality of this city. And what I expect will be the whole country when I finally get around to leaving Mexico City, which will be in January, by the way, um, as I begin my world tour of Mexico. Okay, so, you know, I get to the airport in Miami, and what am I doing? I'm smiling and saying hello to people because that's what people do here in Mexico City. And you could pretty much tell that everyone there thought I was crazy 
Very few people said hello back. People don't smile back. No one is overly friendly. Um, and here's something else that's weird. A few times as I was walking in a neighborhood that I wasn't that familiar with in Miami, I asked a couple of different people for directions. Just if I, go, if I keep going this way, will I hit you know, 29th Street or whatever? I mean, I could have pulled out my phone and looked it up on Google Maps, but I don't know what's wrong with talking to people. And so, but the weird thing was, I asked three different people for directions to 29th Street, and uh, all three of them at different times said, no, I'm sorry, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Now, I found that weird because, okay, I didn't know, but are you telling me all three of those people, none of them live there? Um, it was just, they were weird. They were not friendly. They were not interested in helping me. And I get so much help in Mexico City from total strangers because I need it that I've come to expect the rest of the world would be that way, and it is not. Um, and I guess Miami is just a city where maybe everyone comes from somewhere else, but wherever they're coming from, they are not super friendly places. People aren't bad. They're just not Mexican because people in Mexico City are so kind and so generous and go out of their way to help you. But I, I, I haven't been here long, five months, but it did not take long to get used to that kind of hospitality and friendliness. And, um, you know, so you, you, when you have that, you start living that way and you expect it. And when you don't get it, like, I guess if I went to Chicago, where I'm going to Chicago next week, I guess I wouldn't, I mean, people are friendly, but they're not overly friendly. And I guess that's how Miami is. People aren't unfriendly. They're just not overly friendly. They're just not Mexican. Um, and I guess that's like my new mantra. Um, in Miami, it's like people are kind of like the way they are in Chicago and New York and most other cities um, that I've been to in the States, which is basically, you know, I have to get to where I'm going. Just, you know, don't get in my way. Whereas in Mexico, it's I have to get to where I'm going and it's going to take me 10 times longer than it should because traffic is a nightmare and the buses are super crowded and the subway's extra crowded and it's going to be a nightmare getting to where I'm going. But how can I help you? And that's not a sarcastic how can I help you. It's a genuine how can I help you. And I'm going to give you two examples that to me are amazing examples from this week and the help that I got once I got back to Mexico City, which is why I love it here so much, which is why Miami is no longer my favorite Latin American country. Um, the first example is this. Remember I told you about the crazy mall in Santa Fe with the five different malls in one and all the different entrances and elevators, and it's hard to figure out where to tell the Uber driver to come to. So I had, got, I had walked out uh, to an exit where I saw there were valet parkers because I'm always looking for someone nearby who can help me um, whenever I need something and this seemed like a good spot to call the Uber at. I called the Uber and I just plugged in whatever wherever Uber said I was. I just accepted that as the address because I had no idea if it was right or wrong. But I thought, well, you know, everybody's on GPS. Uber says this is the location. I'll go with that. 
Within about two minutes, I heard from the driver. And he, you know, my Spanish was not good enough to communicate with him. So I asked one of the valet parkers if they would talk to the driver. And I know that I make a thousand Seinfeld references, but if you remember the episode on Seinfeld, when George bought that cream from China to make his hair grow, and then the Chinese, and then he called the factory because it was, I don't know if it was late or he needed to know something, but then he couldn't communicate with them because he didn't speak Chinese. And then the Chinese delivery guy popped in right at that moment with the food. And then George put him on the phone with China. And then the Chinese delivery guy sat down and stretched out and talked to the guy like he found his long lost relative. That was kind of what was going on with the valet parker and the Uber guy on the phone, but I didn't care. I just wanted them to get along so that eventually the Uber driver could find me. But I could hear the valet guy trying to explain it to him, but because it's a whole city that just pops out of the mountains, like it's not like there's corners where you could turn if you go the wrong way. You have to go around the whole mall, which is like the equivalent of going around like 15 Oak Brook malls. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. If you know Oak Brook, there's Route 83, Butterfield Road, there's no quick turns. Imagine having to go around that mall, but it's 18 times bigger if you make a wrong turn. That was kind of what happened here. So the Uber driver, so the, the valet guy and the Uber driver hang up, and then the valet guy says, come with me, I'll take you to him. And then the valet guy took me down a ramp, around a corner. I could have never found this location um, where he directed me to the Uber driver. And it was just, you know, yes, of course I gave him a tip. But the thing was, it was like, he's got a job. He left the guy that he's working with to take me to find the Uber driver that he spent several minutes on the phone with. And I just thought that was one of the nicest things, or to be honest, I'd still be there, I think, um, because I wouldn't know how to call, where to tell the Uber guy to go, because where, wherever that location was, that Uber guy was waiting, I don't believe it had any connection to what I signaled was where I was. Okay, this is another Uber story, but the first story was the kindness of the valet parker. This is the, and actually the kindness of the Uber driver to, you know, like wait and explain. And, you know, so really both sides were awesome. Um, the second story just happened the other day. I took an Uber to um, a grocery store that I like here called City Market. And, um, but I've only been to the grocery store a couple of times. And Uber driver was super nice. But when he dropped me off, it, you know, it didn't look familiar. It didn't look familiar at all. And I realized he dropped me off at a supermarket, but it was not the supermarket that I had requested to go to. But it looked fine. I didn't really care um, because I needed about like six things. I just, I had just gotten back from Miami the day before and I just wanted to like get some coffee and milk and whatever. So it didn't, it didn't, I thought it was funny that he dropped me off at the wrong supermarket, but I didn't care. Um, and so I, and it's a, this one is much bigger than the city market. I don't know how to pronounce it because it looks like cheddar, but then there's an A and O and an I at the end, like cheddar I. I, I wouldn't attempt to pronounce the name of the store. I don't even know where the name of the store comes from, 
because it is unlike any word I have ever seen in Spanish. It looks almost Swiss or German. Um, so I'm not going to attempt to pronounce it, but it's on two levels and it's like the first level is kind of like Target. I'm Target obsessed because when I was in Miami, I went to Target like three times because I miss Target so much and there isn't one here. But the first level has like all the stuff you'd kind of need, um, like, you know, housewares and makeup and drugstore uh, stuff. And, uh, and then there's like aisles of cereal and milk that isn't refrigerated and it's humongous and then the second floor has like the bakery and the deli and the meats and the fruits and vegetables and like all the fresh stuff is on the second floor but anyway I was just wandering around the first floor just kind of checking it out because it was so big and I heard somebody yelling my name Karen 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 and I was like what the who is calling my name in the supermarket in the middle of Mexico City it was the Uber driver that had just dropped me off a few minutes before. And he had come in to tell me that he had taken me to the wrong store. And he wanted to apologize and he wanted me to get back in his Uber to come to the right store with him. But I was like, no, this is fine. I just needed a grocery store. And he was so apologetic and so embarrassed. And I was like, no, 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 it's good. It's like a new store. I like it. But the fact that this guy, first of all, I don't know where the hell he parked his car over there because I didn't see any parking in this neighborhood. But he, he drove away, realized he dropped me off at the wrong store, parked, came in the store to find me, and um, was so embarrassed, and he insisted on taking me to the right grocery store. But I insisted on staying right where I was because I was perfectly content in this grocery store. Because at the end of the day, one grocery store is like the other, I don't know how he made the mistake. I think he probably saw a store and just figured, oh, this must be it. I don't know, because I thought everything with Uber is on GPS. But it was just so funny. And to hear this guy calling my name in the grocery store, and I was like, who's calling me? How did they find me? And who are they, by the way? Um, I, that, I don't think either one of those episodes would have happened in Miami or a million other cities in the States I could name. I think both of those episodes, the valet walking me um, a couple of blocks to the Uber driver, the Uber driver coming into the grocery store to find me to tell me he delivered me to the wrong place. And he probably figured I had no idea I was in the wrong place. And I don't blame him for thinking that. Um, but that kindness, um, I believe, only exists in Mexico, in Mexico City. And so I would repeat something I have said many times on this podcast before, which is that out of all the mistakes I've made when I've come to Mexico, coming to Mexico was never a mistake. Moving to Mexico was never a mistake. Um, this is uh, a city that is, for a city that's probably the biggest in the world and the most populated in the world, it's the friendliest and kindest in the world. Um, except... I do have a, like one footnote or asterisk, asterisk to that last comment, which is this. I was wandering around Centro a couple of weeks ago, and I was on one of my favorite streets, Tacuba, where Cafe Tacuba is, and it's just one of the oldest, most historic streets. Plus, there's a band called Cafe Tacuba. So I always remember Tacuba. But uh, there's a lot of different things to see 
um, and Tacuba and, uh, and, and I love going there. And if you walk down it from the post office, you can walk into the Zocalo. And it was just one of those days I was out exploring Central because I could be here for the rest of my life and I'll still never see everything in Central. And I have been on Tacuba many times, but for the first time, I noticed that on Tacuba, within two blocks of each other, there are two different torture museums. One is on torture and the Inquisition, and one is just generally torture. Um, and I thought, how odd that there would be one museum of torture, let alone two seemingly unconnected and competings museum, competing museums of torture. Um, in front of both, they're on different sides of the street. They don't share anything in common. It's not like, oh, pay a pass to one and you can get into the other. Because no, they're two separate institutions, yet they're both museums about torture. In front of both museums on torture, I noticed groups of high school students. And I thought there had to be a connection between a big group of high school students and a museum on torture. Because I, I don't care where you are in the world, I hate teenagers. Um, okay, so there's probably more I could tell you, but I've already gone too long. I hope that you enjoyed the latest episode of My Mexican Mistakes. If you did and you haven't yet, please write a review. Or you don't have to write a review. I'm not like Hotels.com. But if you could just give me a nice rating so that I would have lots of good ratings. I don't advertise on here. The ratings are solely for my own ego. Um, it's not like I'm going to you know, attract uh, commercial advertisers. I have no interest in that, nor would I have any idea how to do it. So I really just like the high reviews and ratings for my ego. That's number one. Number two, please tell your friend, share the podcast. Um, I hope that you like this and... In two more weeks, you should hear my latest episode. Um, and thank you for listening and thank you for being a supporter. Adios, hasta pronto. Ciao.